welcome to the TalkCast Pod Show, the number one show on the internet and Dracula's Realtors. I am your host. I didn't really think of too much. I'm Lannicard. <laughs> uh, Here to I, so guide you. Over? I don't what? know. What, what, what's going on with you? you? You just put me so far over. I. Uh, this is the only way I could fit it. This is the only way I could make it fit and still look halfway decent without like a billion like black space above each of us. Anyway, I'm your host, the guardian of this castle, Lannicard. And I'm joined this week by the slayer of all vampires, Kaiser Belmont. Oh, cool. I could be the Belmont. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, you're replying like three seconds after I finish talking. This is rough. Um, oh, God. Yeah, the, uh, I, I was noting the latency was a little rough on this one. And we are also joined by a man of many mysteries, Zito of fucking New York. Got Yo, it. what's up? I also would have accepted Flea Man Zito. Yeah. But only Castlevania fans will get that. The Fleemans. Uh, I, so. I might sound quiet. Hold on. Now I don't sound so quiet. That might be a little too loud, though. I should should be fine. I'm, I'm looking at the levels on my side, but uh, welcome. We are going to be chatting about the latest season of Castlevania. Also, I guess the finale of Castlevania, this series, the, the Trevor Belmont saga. Not sure if they're going to pick it up for others, but we'll, we'll discuss that in a bit. But before we do that, uh, time to have a little chitty chat in what I like to call The Rundown, where we talk about some uh, some nerdy stuff that's been popping up around the world that maybe we don't want to spend a whole episode chatting about. Uh, have either of you guys seen MODOK? Anything about it? I haven't seen any of it yet, but I am planning on watching with a friend soon. Uh, it's on Hulu, yes? Yeah. Uh, no, it's on... Wait, it's on Hulu? Yeah. Oh, it's, you know it's what? It might be on Hulu. I thought it was on HBO. Okay. Then, unfortunately, that's gonna be a no for me. I refuse to buy another subscription service. Understandable. Nah, there, there are quite a bit I, out there. I only got Hulu because that was the only way to watch Animaniacs. But, uh... I, I don't remember why I got Hulu, but I have been utilizing it a lot, so... The only reason I got to watch Animaniacs is because I put Gaijin at gunpoint and told him to let me borrow his account. <laughs> there you oh, go. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh... Modoc though actually is very surprisingly good to me like everything I'd looked at you know it's it's by the same animators that did robot chicken clearly it looks that way uh the animation style yeah is you know unique it's really cool and uh while it has a very like irreverent sense of humor like nothing seems to be really off limits uh plays very bluntly with the jerk ass nature of the character of Modoc it has a lot of heart to it it's, it's actually like a, a very family-driven comedy between all of this stuff, but it also plays really well with the setting. Uh, it, it doesn't so much go with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Universe, because at, at one point he ends up going to Asgard, but it's not, you know, the Asgard they've shown you in the MCU. It's literal magic everywhere, flying goats, talking animals Asgard. And it's, uh, they do some pretty fun stuff with that. But... I ended, up, I ended up binging it over the how, weekend. It kind of reminds me of how, like, uh, in the Harley Quinn TV show, it is just, it is the DC universe, but it is not, like, Snyder's mm -hmm. verse. It isn't Nolan's verse. It's very much just, oh, no, this is the inspiration that we got specifically from DC uh, laid out as it, it's its own, or like, reimagination of it. So it, Well, give, give, like, 
give some people, like, maybe a month or so, they'll find some way to call it, like, either the fucking robot chicken verse or whatever. Yeah, it, it's- yeah, I can feel that. Honestly, it very much reminded me of Harley Quinn and the effect that it's kind of taking lesser-known villains and, uh, playing to their absurd strengths. It, it does a lot of good with that. I- I honestly recommend it. Here's- here's a question I will ask, though. Uh, Nick, you are a Star Wars buff. I am. You've seen the, you've seen the canceled show, the Star Wars Detours thing. Uh, I have not actually. I, I have not been paying wow, a lot of. Fuck. I haven't even watched the Bad Batch yet because I can't bring myself to because it just, it screams like, it screams that it's one of those shows that's only meant to sell toys. Okay, well, I'll. There's really no reason to watch Star Wars Detours because it was a canceled show because it literally was telling the robot chicken guys to meme up Star Wars as they fucking humanly possibly could, mm. and it's the worst fucking thing ever. That was my biggest concern. I'm just like, all right, well, the last thing I remember the robot chicken crew doing was Star Wars Detours, and that got shit canned immediately. So I'm just worried if this Modoc show is going to have a little bit of semblance of that in some way. Well, we have that in, we have this interesting uh dichotomy here with that because the Modoc show was produced before um before god there was there was some big shift up over at Marvel and D Disney recently. I, I think it was like Jeff Loeb just got ousted. So I think Modoc was one of the mm. last things on the like the only reason Modoc went through is because it was so far along in production before this shift took over. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with it, because uh, I've just kind of heard rumblings like that. That's actually like a that. very fucking. That's a very fucking strangely accurate like segue into Castlevania, though, because that's kind of the same way that this last season was. Really? Oh, really? Well, after the fucking whole problems going on with Warren and. Uh, Oh, like all the I, all the I, internal drama shit that happened I, with I heard, the uh, allegations heard, against them. So I heard about some stuff with Warren, but I didn't. I wasn't really paying attention to that. Yeah, it's uh, there's a primary reason why season. What was it? Season three? Yeah, season three was like horny in the worst way. Like that. That explains what. Like that. That's the main reason why the whole Warren problem was. Oh yeah, season three is kind of like really weird, and then a whole bunch of like sexual allegations came up, and I'm like, putting those two together, it kind of makes sense. Bit awkward, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah. I, I'm, I'm one of the like people that didn't mind that in season three. I was fine with it being like trying to do like Game of Thrones, and the animators knew how to draw a titty, so I'm not like you know clutching pearls or anything. So. Well, I'm not like. I'm not saying like you know the whole fucking season was like a shit show tank. I was more of the mindset, I'm just like, okay, it's kinda neat, like, maybe one, maybe two sides of the story having the little bit of the sexual, like, stuff into it, like, that's fine, because that's correlating, but then, that final fucking bit in the third season where it's just like, oh, he called them his, like, he called them his, like, whatever it is, like, the priest with the kids, and I'm like, oh, you had to just fucking throw that into their story too, didn't you? This is really fucking weird and awkward. Mm. But... None of that is present in the fourth one, and it shows. Yeah. But then again, I also have heard people say that, like, season three... Like, one through three feels like filler to them to get to this part. Kind of, yeah. Th this this season did feel very uh, substantive, and we'll get more to that in just a moment. Uh-oh, did we lose Kaiser? 
Yep, his internet went out. Ah, that would explain the latency. Bye, Kaiser. Uh, but to uh, m- move on to another part of the rundown, uh, something just came out. I know at least you mentioned you were going to be playing a bunch of it yesterday. Biomutant. How has that been? Uh, it's it's weird. It's it's okay. So, do you like the Batman Arkham Asylum? Do you like the crafting mechanics of Fallout Four? Uh, Do you like the open world gameplay of uh, uh, something like I don't know Breath of the Wild? If you yeah, mix I've... all three of those together, and it's like the, it's it's an enjoyable experience. It's like the best the best and the worst of all three of those things combined. Okay, interesting. But it makes a competent game. Like it's I'm not saying yeah, that to I, shit on this game. I'm saying it as a okay. It took you six years to make this, and you tried to make a lot of things work. Mm-hmm. Something's clearly here. There's love and dedication put into this game. It feels like it needs a little bit more time in the oven, but for what the game we have now, it's no cyberpunk fucking controversy. Right. Uh, it's it's interesting, because I've, I've heard like some kind of mixed things. Like, yeah, it's, it's a little unpolished in certain places, but it, it was also made by a fairly small team, from what I understand. 18 to 20 people, Experiment 101, they were picked up by THQ Nordic midway through the development cycle. Hmm. Oh. So, for a small dev team of 18 to 20 people making a game that, if you skip the cutscenes, you're looking at maybe an... If you blitz through the main story and skip all the cutscenes, it's an 8 to possibly 12 hour experience, but... If you, like, fuck around and find out throughout what most of the game has to offer, you're going to be sitting there for, like, maybe 100 hours. Wow. Plus, plus it runs on New Game Plus kind of, like, gameplay mechanics, too. Okay, so, so, you, so you get, it, so you it, get it all your stuff, you can run back story through it. Over and over. Gotcha. That's yeah. pretty cool. Because uh, I, I saw that. It was I something... can understand why there's some... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. The argument I've seen about people saying it on YouTube and stuff, like, I know, like, the mo- Critical just fucking put out a review of it today. Oh, yeah, he, and he, he, he kind of eviscerated it. He didn't it. like it. Yeah, which, you know what? That's fine. And games aren't going to be for you if they're not going to be for you. And clearly that's the case with Critical. And PewDiePie got a fucking early copy, so everyone fucking got on the bandwagon of just like, you should listen to me or listen to some random person in Brazil who got a copy of the game fucking breaking street date. Mm. And this game is just completely bad because furries. Like, dude, fuck off. Play the game yourself. Make it your own opinion. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it comes... It's not It's not a bad game. It's it's a serviceable game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what it really comes down to is, do you think it's going to be worth your money? For some people, that's going to be yes. For some people, that's going to be no. Me, I've been kind of on the fence about it because... Mm. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not really feeling like a big open world adventure right now. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sitting here waiting for Ratchet and Clank. There's a couple of people... There's a couple of people on YouTube who actually have said that. Like, there was one person who sent me a message being like, you should, like, you should hate this game because this fucking YouTuber said this. And I'm like, no, this YouTuber literally admitted at the end of the video that they just, like, ha- don't have the attention span to play this game because there's a bunch of other games they want to get to and they don't have time for an open-world adventure. And I'm like, that doesn't make the game bad. That just means that they don't want to have the time span or the energy to do it. Right. That's a, that's a bias. That's a person bias. Ah, uh, only, only, so, only so much, like... Yeah, like you said, it's very subjective, like, what some people like, what some people don't like. Uh... But yeah, it, it seems it seems like an interesting game, and uh, are you, you going to be 
continually streaming that for a bit? Uh, maybe for at least one gameplay, like one gameplay loop, I'll probably continue streaming it because I did a fucking marathon of it like yesterday for eight hours. Ah, damn. <laughs> That's how excited I was for that game. Ah, damn. Uh, yeah, other than that, over on YouTube.com slash Team Four Star, you can check out the second episode of Magic Time Wizards. Uh, YouTube has not been promoting this just due to the algorithm and the fact that it's not Dragon Ball, so they think anybody on our channel that wants to see anything only wants to see Dragon Ball stuff, and while some of that might be true, I, I still think this series, if you give it a chance, it's real fucking good, guys. Stefan, Grant, and Kieran have done something amazing with this, and uh, I, I think if you give it a shot, it's pretty damn good, so definitely check that one out. Uh, I would admit to saying, yes, it is very good as well, and I'm like, that kind of humor is very hit and miss for me, but mm -hmm. so far, all of it has been hitting. So, that's that's pretty good news. It's essentially them playing an improvisational storytelling game, which is great. Yep. Straight up my alley as somebody who's been developing an improvisational storytelling game for the past year and a half. Right on. Uh, so, definitely go check out episode two if you haven't yet. A lot of fun. Uh, and... With that, doesn't look like Kaiser's coming back yet. I don't know. I guess I guess his internet just completely went kaputski. So yeah, your guess, yeah your Zoom calls kind of janking as well for me on my end. So am I? Like, mm. like I'm not dead, but yeah, weird. Maybe, maybe are are you guys both on the same provider? Uh, I don't believe I am. I um, if his is Frontier, then yes. Oh, I'm Frontier. That's why we're alive, Zito. He fell to the spectrum. <laughs> All right. Well, I suppose we'll move on to our main topic at hand, Castlevania Season 4, and I guess Castlevania in general. Now, Zito, uh, you, you strike me as a fellow who got pretty into the lore after our last conversation about Castlevania. So how do you feel about the series as a slightly, whole? Now, slightly. Yeah, yeah. More so than me, probably, at the very least. How do you feel about the series as it's uh, now officially, I suppose, come to a close? Okay, I'm, I'm flashbacking to me when we first talked about this, and I now imagine myself sitting at the couch and talking about all these fucking crazy and weird fan theories. I'm so fucking happy none of that happened. Yeah. I am so goddamn happy none of that happened. Because I, I, I am so happy that this made me look like a raving fucking lunatic more than an actual sane person. Because looking at back now as a sane person, I'm glad that they did something that I wasn't expecting. So, the like I said before, there was this weird fucking complaint that people had where it was like, oh, well, this feels like filler to get to it. But that's also coming from people who are looking at this like normal viewers and not a fucking rabid ega fanboy like I am. Right. I think this I think this was a fine conclusion, but I'm also like the ending is this weird situation where it's like they could have like continued this story in another way, but that the whole fucking ending bit, that completely shit can that. And it's probably for the better that they move on and do something else. Yeah, honestly, they they leave it uh I, I guess this will be minor spoilers, but let's just say spoilers throughout just for this if you haven't seen Castlevania yet. There's no fucking way I can continue without saying spoilers. Yeah, we're talking about the fourth season of a show, so, you know. 
Uh, the way the way they leave haul, boys. Yeah, the way they leave it off. Uh, I could see them doing kind of a avatar thing with it, where you know Trevor's story is done. Now let's move on to I don't know Simon. Does Simon come before or after Trevor? I don't fucking know. Uh, uh, no, at this point it was Simon was first. Okay. Uh, well, no, no. Leon so, was so, first, which they made that and they made that fucking relevant in the second season. Then it yeah, was that's right. Simon. Then so we'd yeah, be talking about like Richter or something. Yes. Next is Richter. Next is canonically Richter. Yeah. So you'd be able to tell basically the like if they wanted to do a sequel series, it would essentially focus around Symphony of the Night timeline. But because of that ending, that's impossible now. Maybe I don't know. They they could they could make something work. I think the the only thing I could see them making work now at this juncture is the Soma arc, which is the GBA games. But that would also imply that either Lisa ends up becoming Dracula, or someone kills her again and Dracula becomes pissed. Yeah, I think that would be like have to be the way that you'd make it to Symphony of the Night. Is something would have to happen to her again. Which, you know, she, given, she given has to, like she has to be dead in order for that to happen. Yeah. Cause by the end of the series, Dracula and his wife are both back alive again and in their own original bodies somehow, question mark. Not a lot get not yeah, a lot gets explained. Was... <laughs> yeah, like um <clears throat> Where did they find replicas of their bodies? Did Dracula like go into the castle and do some shenanigans to make that happen? Like I would I would believe that last bit. I would super believe that Castlevania was like, haha, I was crazy enough to remember that I had clones of myself somewhere. Dracula Fucking what? Dracula would do that though. <laughs> I don't know, he like he is he is like it the the powerful vampire. So maybe he has ways of making that work. I don't know, but it's also odd because uh, I mean the entire series. Uh, I'm 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 glad they finally did it. The entire series, I was waiting and just being like, "Where's Where's Death? Where's the Grim Reaper?" Like you know, the most the most one of the most iconic bosses in all of Castlevania that shows up in almost every game. When are they showing up? And finally, they showed up. And I'm thinking like, so wait, he was in Dracula's court this whole time, and could easily traverse that Nexus portal that they have. Couldn't he have solved a lot of problems for Dracula if he was just, like, in his hip pocket? Um, the way that they explained it, which is actually a really, really fucking smart way to do it, because even Trevor is just like, no, it's not really death, because death is a concept, it's not a fucking creature. This thing is a pain elemental, and I'm like, holy fuck, that's actually a really smart way to introduce death. Yeah, it, a, a creature that that feeds off of death. So it makes sense that this character doesn't give a fuck about what Dracula does other than his actions, mm. because that just means it's food and sustenance for him. Yeah. On a wide scale. I, I suppose that's true. I, I did love that character, the, the balmy of London, as uh, he was being introduced. Like, there's something to this guy. Like, you know, he shows up very early on, voiced by a very prominent person. So... You look at that, it's like... Yeah, wasn't that weird? That, like... Yeah, Malcolm McDowell, that, like, Barney two. of London, just... Yeah. 
I, oh, that was so. That was such a good pick for him. That was such a good pick for just the sparmy dickweed who just has nothing going on for him except for being an egotistical asshole. It was so good. When, once, like, and he only shows up for like a like a scene or two in the beginning. It's like that's Malcolm McFucking Dell. I mean, I guess that makes sense why they put him in a limited space. He's probably very expensive, and then he becomes more prominent. It's like, oh, there's something to him now. Okay, so it's not just a it's not just a cameo now. Well, by that point, it was more like, are we going to continue this? Yeah. Like, I feel like that was way early into production where they're just like, we got some really cool people who want to be a part of this, but we don't got the fucking budget anymore, man. Just, we, we, can't, we can't do this no more. And there were times where I feel like you could see the budget. Uh, they, they had a lot of lingering shots on JPEGs before they, like, faded into the next scene where it's just like, we need to pad here just a little bit, which confused me a little because I don't know if they had like actual television contracts in some markets but as far as I'm aware if you're on like a streaming platform I don't think you're locked to 22 to 24 minutes right I mean I wouldn't really know but um it depends uh it depends on the show you're making and especially when it comes to animation just for the sake of making sure you know that your entire, like, studio or your entire team is on, like, the same page, there has to be restrictions and limitations. So, making a show that kind of fits the same scale as it would be for TV is a smart way to make sure that everyone gets something fucking done. Yeah. So, you're right that there shouldn't be a cap, but it's a very good limiter. Yeah. You want to make sure you're getting something for it. Like, if you're uh, shooting for, like, a 15-minute episode or a 30-minute episode. I, I suppose there is, I suppose there are uh, merits to having those specific things in your contract. I just There's noticed... a thing I learned in uh, animation school mm -hmm. where, like, your your best talent often comes from the restrictions that are put on the project. So that makes you have to actually think outside the box and get shit to work in the limited amount of like resources and time that you have. And obviously with the action scenes, that was fucking absolutely the case. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially, I think the one, I mean, aside from the climax, you know, Simon versus, or sorry, Trevor versus death. Oh, yeah. The Grand Cross scene. Yeah. Where just everything is holy fuck. Uh, the one that stuck out to me the most was when Alucard was fighting that one night beast in the forest, that, like, spider-like creature that was just hanging out in the treetops. Uh, I think that yeah. was one, like, the coolest, like, oh, shit! <laughs> just zipping around. And... Uh, yeah, but that's, that's also working with limited animation, because I've seen a couple of the animatics beforehand of that scene specifically, and, yeah, there's a lot of prop, like... The, the thing is, is that a lot of people are saying the same thing where it's like, oh, it just runs on JPEGs. And I'm like, yeah, but they do that in the action scenes, too. Like the part where, like, Alucard's doing fucking after image shit and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's all JPEGs, but with lesser steps. Because even in the animatics, like the animatics have a like a little bit more fluid animation because that's like where the main dev team is able to put in their time and effort to make sure that the animation team gets everything correct. The animations, the animations team is then at that point to take the restrictions and apply that to the storyboard as much as they possibly can and make it as faithful as they can because that's what their set goal was put to. Yeah. And, uh, 
the, if, if the animations were based on the animatics, we'd be in movie quality territory and Netflix was not going to shill the money for that. No, I, I think that's another one of the big reasons that you're only getting this fourth season. Netflix is notoriously bad about, uh, you know, committing to things in the long term. Also, welcome back, Kaiser. Hey, sorry about that. Oh, uh, you mean like, oh, Crystal, excuse me. Yeah, Dark Crystal. Um, got even some of like the, the bigger things they don't like really commit to long term contracts to. I don't know how many seasons of Stranger Things they commit to, but I'm pretty sure they only go for like one maybe two season buy like two season buys at a time even i think stranger thing is definitely uh one of those shows though that they have no intention of stopping until the showrunners are like we can't make anymore yeah i i'm i'm of the camp that i i always thought that stranger things should have been an anthology series kind of like american horror story where you get a new concept every time and just kind of play with that pulp like attitude because then you well then you don't age the 80s nostalgia is only going to last so long it's true, um, although somebody pointed out something to me that, like, one of the things that they are trying to do is they're trying to tackle different kinds of 80s um, sci-fi and horror every time they go about it, which I thought was an interesting uh, perspective, which is why the last season felt so different and why, God help me, um, Harker was a fucking idiot. God, I hated that. You know what Stranger Things kind of I mean, is slowly reminding me of? I don't know if anyone here has played this game, but have any of you guys touched the world of horror? Uh, no, I haven't. It sounds like something that would have been up my alley, though. It's on Steam. It's a, it's a card-based RPG where the aesthetic is based on, like, Commodore... Six, not Commodore 64, but, like, way more better fidelity and shit, but it's, like, the Commodore 64 era of, like, point-and-click adventure games... Mm-hmm. But it's all—it's a roguelike, and it's all based on like '80s horror, Lovecraftian shit set in Japan. Oh, really? Like the the way that something like Black, like uh, like Stranger Things and Black Mirror—that all kind of like starts to feel like that because it's take just take this small inkling of something that may have happened in this genre and just slap it into the show and make that the focal point for an episode, and that just makes it evergreen as fuck. Okay. But yeah, let's so let's let, let let's switch back to the topic. Sure, especially yes, since I haven't been able to talk on it much. Yeah, we I don't were, know how much. I don't know what you guys we were, have been talking about. We were yeah. talking about the animation most recently, just talking about the quality of that specifically, and how uh, aside from you know the climax fight with Trevor and Vani, uh, there was that night fight scene in the treetops with Alucard and that spider demon. I thought was one of the better fights. Yeah, there was a, a for me this this was a season full of fights, but unfortunately, if I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm getting kind of sick and tired of a like I, I I by the end of the series I was a little bit actioned out, not because I didn't think the action was cool and awesome, but I felt like we kept getting these fights that didn't have a whole lot of emotional and or personal stake. It's just oh here's another fight to survive. And at some point, those get a little bit tiresome because, yes, we know they live in an environment that is full of terrors and danger and struggle. But like when they're doing the when they're uh, protecting themselves against the against the siege of uh, fucking the Varney's friend, I can't remember his name. When basically, no, no, uh, Saint Germain, the Russian vampire. This, 
No, that, oh, oh. no, that was that was on the uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. During during the whole siege with Saint Germain at Alucard's place, um, Ratko. Okay, it might have been Ratko. Yep, that's it. Yeah. During that whole part, uh, there's this group. This group of like I think it was like maybe four, five vampires with these incredible designs. They look so incredibly cool. Who the fuck are they? What are their names? What are their personalities? We'll never know. Who they're cares? just here for a fight. <laughs> and yeah, their abilities are really cool. Well, I mean, like, you could say that about the whole fucking like day armor that Striga wore. Yeah, yeah but at least we uh, knew who God. Striga was. Yes. Like, Striga. Oh, yeah, which... by the way, if you want to see one of the best Berserk references in all of I, like fucking uh, I was about to American say animation. Uh, it's that. Yeah, Striga with the day armor. It's it's one for one uh Guts's Berserk armor, which by the way uh, rest in peace, Kintaro Miura. Uh, like, yeah. damn, oh, man. Yeah. That was rough. And that was... they, they the, 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 the team did not realize how much of that was going to hit home until that actually was fucking announced. Because mm-hmm. that was exactly... Like, even they just went, no, this was just us fucking gasming over Berserk. Yeah. That, with the moment she straps... Like, when she's like, I'm getting my full armor. Get in the box. Yeah, get in and the box. She, <laughs> get in she the steps box, out woman. there. Like, sorry, like that that fight scene worked for me because it served a lot of different purposes. Um, we got to see Striga fight and go all out against a bunch of people, but then it had an emotional impact afterwards that meant something to her. Yeah, but the, with the, these fa- witches, the fact that they were like all uh, farmers, like they came at me to a man and none of them backed down and they weren't warriors. What are we doing here? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I like that. I That whole scene is really, really great. Um, but yeah, the, the fights, the animation, all look great, but it did get to that point where I'm like, all right, you've got an action scene here. Does it serve a purpose other than we need another action scene? And for me, I don't know. I've gotten to this point where I want my action scenes to tie into the story and or the characters, and a lot of them kind of were up and down on that. And again, especially when you have all these gorgeous character designs, that don't matter. That and it's Un- like, oh unfortunately, wow. Unfortunately, Scott. What was that? Th- there's one thing I'm gonna have to say about that is that a good chunk of the reason why I didn't mind it was not only because of the drought of like just everyone talking for most of fucking oh, season two and three, but but a good a massive amount of these fight scenes for anyone who has played Castlevania is going to love them because they are just fucking dripping with references mm. they put in a monster from the gba games yep. in one of the fights and it's, it's one of the it's one of the more predominant bosses in two of the gba games and a ds game that i'm just like oh yeah the fuck me that's some time dilation bullshit that i never knew i wanted you know that giant it was that giant flesh monster with the face that shot yeah, lasers yeah yeah the the kaiju i'm going to call yeah i'm going to call him the wretched because i remember that was supposed to be his name but I might be getting that wrong, but I'm just going to call him the Wretched from here. I, the I fact did that hear they that. Fucking, they oh. teased that on one of the episodes, and then it became a mainstay monster for three episodes. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was nice to hear, though, that they... Because uh, I don't know a lot about Castlevania monsters, uh, but it was actually really nice to hear that um, they apparently just put a lot more of the monster designs into the seasons as they went on. Mm-hmm. There were so first, many Fleemen in this season. Yeah, so and many. And yet not a single Frankenstein's really... monster. Just... <laughs> uh, yeah, in that first season, huh. they kind of really skimped on that. Although, I, I want to point out, you said something about talking. Can I point out one thing about the season that I actually aggressively disliked? Hmm. 
I felt like a lot of the conversations that took place in the season were were supposed to be character building, but a lot of them were pointless. Uh, and maybe and maybe it was just the length and the tempo I, and the cadence and the actual energy of some of them. But Carmilla going over her fucking plan, yeah. repeating herself over and over. Like, what was up with this season I, with characters literally repeating themselves for no reason? Yeah, no I, ironic echo, no emphasis. Just, I'm going to say exactly what I just said. Yeah, I, I, or I, I'm going to explain something that's completely out in the open. It, it, it is pointless, but I think redundant is more the word there. Because it serves a point to re-emphasize something they already fucking said. Yeah, it just... It really got to the point where I'm like, yes, we get it, Carmilla. You hate old evil men. We get it. Um, fight, the um, fight the power, sister. Okay. Then get stabbed, I guess. Am, am I am I only the am I the only one here who feels like it's a little bit more of a sentimental homage to how this like the theming of gothic horror is supposed to be like like it's it's meant to be really wordy it's meant to be very flowery and sometimes in a lot of gothic horror repeating yourself is kind of a thing it's just that you got to in a, in a tv show like this they didn't repeat themselves in a flowery way they just repeated themselves over and over and over again so it's like it's hitting that trope but it's like it's kind of that situation where you, you're saying things that i know what you mean but you don't understand the meaning of them it was kind of, yeah. kind, of it's kind of the same way I felt about the whole subplot uh, with uh, Trevor and Sifa in the city with the, you know, the underground court, uh, where it's like, okay, pretty much every scene revolves around Sifa saying something along the lines of, look at these people, they're suffering, you need to help them, we need to protect ourselves. These people, though! Hmm. Is it Sifa? Sifa. No, it's... it's Sifa, Sifa, it's it so fucking Cypher. varies. Yeah, it's Cypher. Either way, that, that's basically how... It's, the, it's, that's it's basically a potato-potato situation. That's, that's basically how all of those scenes played out up until the very end, basically. Any yeah. Anytime Sifa talks like, with them... I actually really... Go ahead. No, I, I, I finished. Oh, I, I was just saying that I really did... Like, I don't know. Again, there were just a lot of points that I genuinely found myself frustrated at the pacing and the cadence. And also, one other, one other thing that was pointed out to me that I, I noticed but couldn't put into words. I understand that Warren Ellis likes to inject casual dialogue, even in big moments. Part of his, part of his whole writing style is that it's disarming. Um... Uh, he saves that for a couple characters very specifically, like Alucard and Sypha start to pick up on things that Trevor does throughout. Like his speech patterns, his choice of words, the way that he acts, the way that he talks. Um, and then there are some times where it feels like a lot of characters do that who maybe shouldn't be doing that from time to time. Hmm. Like, he injects that throughout characters who don't talk like that um, and probably wouldn't talk like that, but it, it seems really funny in the moment. I mean, the uh, best case of that ever happening was the fucking dude from the third season. What the fuck is toilet paper? Mm, kind of. A little bit. And uh, that, that moment made me laugh. Out loud it made me laugh. Um, and that's one of those moments where he was right. Rule of funny, it worked very well there. 
Um, but I feel like there were some parts throughout that were a little bit, uh, I don't know, uh, weird. I, I, and, and somebody pointed this out in chat. Honestly, death saying fuck the way that he did, um, or at least, you know, the representation of death. He's just basically a vampire who eats death instead of blood. Varney. Um, like when it, hmm? Varney. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it comes to that, when it comes to him, I legitimately, like, it, it was at that point where I'm like, okay, was that, does that work the way you think it works, or is it just weird? And I'm kind of on the fence, because it, the line, don't you think that's weirdly fucked up, actually did, like, I was like, I, it, it hit, but it was also a little indicative of gratuitous. Mm. Not, not in terms of whether or not they should, like, not not in the gratuitous sense of like gratuitous language, but more gratuitous in that like, did he have to? Did you did you have to go this far, Warren, with this particular character? I feel that that character itself was more elevated by like, it really feels like that whole entire fucking character was just improv, in the best way possible. Because they uh, got honestly the a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, like they got the best kind of person to act out a character to be to have improv. Yeah. Malcolm sort of I, 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 was, I was gonna say you have yep. you have Malcolm McDowell. You want him to be able to say some fun shit. Besides, the way he ends up it, playing off Varney, including uh, to the point where he reveals himself to be the spirit of death, he never really changes his personality. He's always very flippant. Very, I'm in control here. Fuck you. And Which it, I'm very, very thankful of, mm -hmm. because nine times out of ten, when a person becomes a giant kaiju fuck-all monster, they lose all personality and charm. Yeah. I'm so fucking happy that did not occur here. There's also a part of me that actually really respects the idea that, uh, you know, when you have these characters who have lived as long as they have, uh, I think one of the reasons that the, they start to lose their characters because a lot of writers will be like, Oh, they're way too mature. They're way they've they've lived so long. They've probably they've moved away from language like this. But no, I like the idea. I actually, which is why I don't hate it necessarily, that this character has not evolved away from it. In fact, he has kind of leaned into it over time. He is the he is like death in, in incarnate yeah, he, metaphorically. He's Varney of and he's Varney of London way, since before there was a London. Which, by the way, I do like the way that they uh, seed the hints to who he is. Uh, the most obvious one, but the one that I still love just because of Malcolm McDowell, McDowell's delivery is, um, your violence nourishes me. And I'm like, oh. Like, the way that he said that, if for, like, with before we even found out he was death, was really effective. Mm -hmm. When we found out he was death, I was like, that's, that's, that's so good. good. That's nice. The, sh the show does just drip with charm, though. Those moments of, like, ooh, or things that make you laugh. I think very early on into the series where uh, Trevor and Sypha were fighting all those cults that were trying to, you know, bring Dracula back. And he kills, like, one vampire priest dude. It's like, what, what was he trying to do? It looks like he was trying to bring back Dracula. Who the fuck would do that? Would you do that? Points over to the prisoners. They just shake their head. Course fucking not. <laughs> I wish I could kill you. I wish, wish I could kill, fucking wish kill I, you twice. Yeah, I wish I could fucking kill you twice. Uh, they, you know, that shit. has such great moments also, like that. I also love Sypha. I, I love Sypha basically just losing her shit. Like, fuck shit. 
pissed. God damn it. You did this to me. You turned me yeah, into someone that, that says shit. You did. <laughs> oh, let Cypher say fuck. Yep, and they did. I, I loved that. Um, I will say, when it comes to development for characters, I am sort of frustrated because you can definitely tell that this was not the way that they planned on taking Alucard's character, at least not in the time frame that they did, because they set up the end of season three of him going down a very, very dark road. And as we find out, oh no, all he needed to do was meet some children and a girl who could fix him. Yeah, a, la a lady that won't take no yeah. shit and will just be cool and is a badass and is who is who is obviously supposed to be the grant fill-in because they fucking hated grant for some reason in that show mm. I, I legit i i didn't mind it too much because at least they told it well enough but the trajectory of his character like fucking did a fucking 180 <laughs> yeah that was, i was about to say it was a very fast 180 because the show had to wrap up yeah uh, and uh, personally, if I'm going to be honest, it's actually nice to see Alucard not go full-on villain. Um, I love him. He's a sweet boy. He's a good boy. He should... <laughs> I want oh, to you're... see him happy. Oh, oh, Scott. that That's hysterical. I know. Because if they, because if they, make, if they actually fucking pick this show up and continue the story up to Soma, that is so not the case. I know. <laughs> that's so not the case. Yeah, we were just... I mean... We were discussing uh, how, like, the only way they'd move forward is to somehow kill Dracula's wife again and then have a Symphony of the Night, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, I am sort of curious what they're going to do with the, uh, with the spin-off series. If... Oh, uh, by the way, um, did anyone... Oh, well, I, I yeah, heard they are making. If. Oh, I heard they were making it. I think I think it's all conjecture if, if right now. If they are, that's cool. But hmm. yeah, they they said that they wanted to make something that was based on the universe and not be about around the main characters, which would be cool. But would also need a big fucking like okay from Konami for that to happen. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, yeah, you're right. They're eyeing a new series in the same universe. Um. So one thing I wanted to point out, by the way, that I noticed, I did not notice this early on. It wasn't until a little bit later, Saint Germain's uh, Saint Germain recorded in a very separate space. Yes, I don't know if anybody else noted this, but both both um, him and Mikel. The the moment, yeah, the the moment I noticed it actually was when uh, they were doing the flashback with him and his wife, who I hate knowing as much as I do about production. They did not give her a voice, and she didn't speak a single line because they didn't want to commit to an actress or pay somebody. Mm. Um, so she's just quiet the entire time but yeah. uh wherever he recorded first of all i don't know if they had a professional quality mic and second of all they did not have a sound engineer because uh the line where she's about to get like groped by that dude and he yells peaks like a motherfucker and i was like this is a professional production what the fuck and they did but they, did, they didn't want to remember, go to bill oh, right. they didn't want to go to bill nye and be like we, we need a, we need to pick up on this one and yeah of course covid oh. is why they didn't record all in the same space but yeah they didn't have yeah. a uh like they weren't going to go back and pay bill nye for like you know at least one hour of bill nye's rate to do a single pickup yeah i and i i got it i understood it just it did kind of unfortunately stand out to me where i was like yep that's not the same space, that's not the same mic, and they're, like, when they recorded this, they did not balance, they, they were not adjusting the volume for the we're recording. We're probably gonna have this uh, issue, this same issue in animation happen for at least, like, another two years, though. 
Well, uh, the, funny enough, the anime industry adapted, like, was already, already had to deal with that. The studio that was making this particular uh, project, working on this project, probably was not ready for COVID. They probably had no plans to do studio, like, satellite recording, and then BAM! Next thing you know, that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, would, it doesn't surprise me that this happened during COVID, and even with a production of this size. Uh, but yeah, anime, anime studios were already trying to do more satellite recording because they wanted to get different actors. So they were like kind of primed for for this whole thing to happen. Finally, um, my time has come. <laughs> now the anime shall rise and maybe you eventually will get Kengen Ashura part two. Like a phoenix, it will rise from the ashes. <laughs> Seriously, Netflix, where's Kengen Ashura part two? Give it to me. Um, thoughts on Isaac. Thoughts on Isaac. Isaac. Isaac was both. I, I was happy to see that Isaac didn't kill uh, Hector. What's his name? Hector. Hector. I was actually really happy. To, I was actually very happy to see that Isaac didn't kill Hector. In, um, in with, canon, that makes sense, though. So it, it wasn't a surprise for me. Uh, yeah. It, after everything that had happened with Isaac's character and how Hector had evolved at that at the end there I was like if Isaac kills him it's it's gonna be a really downer ending but no no he doesn't and I was I was happy to see that um but I will say Isaac's character all throughout is he he got a lot in season three like a lot a lot in season three yeah so uh, pardon me I was okay with seeing him kind of play a smaller or at least uh, a role with a little bit less screen time the role that he plays is important. He's the one... I wasn't expecting him to be the one that took out Carmilla, but I was very happy with that development. I was like, you know what? If there's anybody who's who would take on Carmilla and take her out, I'm really glad it's Isaac. It wasn't going to be fucking Hector. No, it wasn't. No. Let, let's be no. honest. I, I, <laughs> no. I, I do like how Hector developed in the season. I like where he ends up. It was a little bit... Like, he is... He is... In comparison to Isaac... Isaac is a fucking warrior. Hector is a fucking scholar. They are yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. And I it, actually and think Hector was it, underutilized in this season. A, a bit. I don't know how much more they do with him. Like, because they... His fucking vampire girlfriend... Uh, fuck was her name? Lenore? Lenore. Uh, Lenore, yeah. Yeah, is... Lenore! Lenore! Uh, his vampire girlfriend just eventually, like, once she once she lost control, is like, you know what? No, I give up. I'm just gonna go die. Oh, you know, you know, I, yeah. I you know, I just did all of this so that we could be together and all that. You know, I can try to forgive you and whatever. Yeah, fuck it. Okay, whatever. Go die. Like, just she yeah, just well, goes and she I mean, just goes yeah, and blade. Fine, I'll just fucking die. Yeah, she just goes and blade twos herself. Like, well, that was anticlimactic. I guess we need to rock it towards an ending somehow, and goodbye this plot line. I mean, to be completely honest with you, it makes sense with their character. Like, it made sense for both Hector and Lenore to do the things that they did. I've heard some people say that it was out of character for Lenore. I don't think so. I think her everything that uh, mattered to her was her family, and her family was suddenly gone and she was left alone. Um, but she also kind of came to accept that that was the only way that it could have possibly turned out without the... Uh, otherwise, without Carmilla deciding that she wanted to fucking try and conquer the world. Um, it's it's sad. Her character is... Her, her character is weird because 
There's a lot of non-consensual shit that she did, but you can tell that by the end of it, they did care about each other. And in a story like this, where let's be honest, the moral complexities are always going to lean a little bit darker than whiter in this gray ass area that is Castlevania's universe, mm. um, you do kind of feel bad for the both of them. Like it's, it is unfortunate and it's like complex and a very difficult story to tell. Um, I don't think they accomplished it all that well, but you can attempts were made and some emotional points were hit. Yeah. And that that that's that's the biggest fucking sin about season four is that there are obvious and very well placed intent and situations being placed in here for the story. But we have to wrap it up. We have to wrap like that just felt like that was the whole fucking season. We gotta wrap this up. You, you can definitely tell, though, that uh, they were setting up for Striga and, uh, Striga and who was the other one? Uh, I, I Morona. guarantee you. Morana? Morana. Morona. Yeah, Morona. Morgan. Yeah, Morana. You can tell that they were setting them up for, if they make that other series, they'll, uh... Oh, can they be the stars? <laughs> can they be the stars of the next show? Honestly, if... You know, they decide that they just want to, like, find a place that to make peace with themselves and have to basically kill a bunch of dark, uh, evil creatures to do it. I'm all about that because I want, I absolutely want my lesbian vampire warrior, like, duo series. Let, make it happen. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll do it. I like Studiga. I like Studiga a lot. Like... By the end of that season, I was actually, like, way into her and everything she had going on. I wanted on. to see more of her. She I, I wanted to see a... her, like, try to bust into the castle with that fucking berserk armor on, just going ape shit on the held beasts, but what they did made unfortunately, sense. Unfortunately, she was... Yeah, unfortunately, they're, like, with the way that things were structured, them going in would have been absolutely moronic. The fact that she flat out says, we have no idea what's up there, we should... And she's already dead... I was like, wow, you are actually being incredibly mature and like... Pragmatic. Like, it pragmatic. was good. I liked that. Yeah, very, very pragmatic. She's very pragmatic, but of course she was also a soldier. She's like, no, I can tell when a battle's lost. Yeah. All, all we'd be doing is like throwing more corpses onto the pyre at this point. There oh, was yeah, something I... you said that I was gonna like... Uh, of course, the Castlevania fan in me. Uh... When you when you said the the situation where it's like Hector couldn't possibly have done it, um, no, because I was kind of hoping that they would like get into the fact that Hector gets his own fucking game, and by that time he nuts up and actually starts making like really fucking impressive monsters to help fight at his side, because that's the whole fucking game. The whole point of uh. Hector is that hey, so you know all these fucking crazy monsters that are like ten levels above you and shit. I can make those on the red. Yeah. Uh, th and the fact that Isaac just came in and fucking annihilated all of those, I'm just like, oh, all right, Hector's just fucking relegated to bullshit. All right, never I mind. I don't know how this will do. I don't know how much longer this particular series could have gone in terms of seasons. Like, I think ending it at four seemed fine to me. But if it did go further, the way I kind of thought Hector was going to deal with it was since he was essentially soul, like you know, honor bound, soul bound, or whatever to. Uh, Lenore, my that, magic wedding yeah. ring that forbids me from having a free exactly. will. Exactly. Since, since he since he was trapped like that, I thought he was eventually going to string along. Like the the way I saw it going was he was going to keep stringing her along until she, like, 
There, it was going to do like something like real deep with like codependent relationship bullshit where she relied on him as much as he needed her to let him do things so that in some weird way he'd have control and would convince her to turn on Carmilla. Like that's the way I saw that going. Like he was going to reverse manipulate her into making her think like, yeah, no, this is the right decision. Because, like, the, yeah. the the ring was only supposed to be like, you have to follow her command. You can't betray her. That's the way I thought it was going to go. And they were going to play with the codependentness of their relationship, which was incredibly codependent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would have actually been, I would have been totally okay with that. I would have absolutely uh, loved to have seen him, uh, like, go the whole fucking nine miles by turning Lenore against her. Um, unfortunately. So... Again, it's another it's another matter of they put did a lot of setup, and they couldn't pay it all off, so they had to just basically oh now we're just gonna take all that uh, all all that potential out of here and just get to the ending. Yeah, we're gonna we gotta keep moving. Which was really frustrating when you have all these scenes of characters talking and talking and talking and not making any progress. It happened a lot in this season. It, it bothered me. I was like... I guess if I have to be the Castlevania nerd, I'm just like, all right, well, Isaac's here to save the fucking day. You're supposed to be dead in canon at this point. But you know what? You came walking in with all the fucking, like, sub-devils from the DS game. I can't be too fucking upset. Yeah. Those DS games I were some say. of the best ones, too. Like, starting at... Uh, what was it? Aria of Sorrow was the one where they introduced Soma. Like, the DS games that fo- yep. like that and the DS games that followed were some of my favorite Castlevania games. Actually, we've been talking. We've been literally sitting here talking about the fact that, like, how can they continue this fucking franchise? Literally, Shinoa is the answer to that. That was Iga just going, look, timelines are bullshit. Let's have a character that's literally trapped in time so Castlevania can live on forever and doesn't need me. Yeah, because... That was literally Shinoa. So, so, Soma's de- de- deal was that, you know, he's a modern Japanese school-like kid, but he's also the reincarnation of Dracula's soul, so... Eh, you know, he, he's, the, he's the one who houses Dracula's soul, but nah, every other fucking schlub on the planet who thinks that their Dracula is gonna go around dicking around and fi- fucking around and finding out. And then Soma shows up, you yeah oh don't even don't even pretend that don't even pretend don't even pretend this doesn't make sense kaiser we talked about kingdom hearts i know i know but i just wasn't expecting that in my castlevania then again i i don't have never actually even played a castlevania game so i guess at the end of the day i'm sort of just like on the outs no matter what aria of sorrow is actually pretty damn good what about lords of shadow what the fuck about lords of shadow (laughs) get fucked <laughs> I I never played any. What I, the fuck about yeah. Lords of Shadow? I'll, I'll say that where they literally just make they made the the only 3D Castlevania so the only 3D Castlevania game I played was the one on the N64, and that was the last 3D Castlevania game I played. Oh, you played the you played the literally the worst one. Yep, I sure did. Oh, that I, I can understand why you wouldn't want to pick it up after that anyway. God, that was so, so that was hey, so bizarre. Um, they released like two Castlevania games on the N64 within like three months of each other, and it was impossible to tell which one came first, unless you knew. Real quick, so, uh, to get back a little bit onto the show, let's talk about the ending. Yeah, yeah, with, uh... The the most confusing thing ever? The most unnecessary... <laughs> wait, wait, the most was, unne- the most unnecessary happy ending of all time, I think. I, I won't lie. That was a way. That was way too happy for a series that is so bittersweet. 
Like, mm -hmm. or just bitter. Like, that happy, that fucking overwhelmingly happy of an ending. Like, it, the only way it could have been any more, like, oh, they've we've managed to bring back all these people who died. We turned, yeah, we the turned all the demons back into humans. Oh, look at that. And oh, we were able to save the royal family. My face is becoming human again. And death turned into an angel. No, like... <laughs> so, I, I, wait, what part of it was confusing to you? Because I'm, I'm actually sort of curious on that. Because it, it literally, like, you can't have Castlevania as long as fucking... Al Dracula, li like, literally the whole plot of Castlevania is Dracula is not allowed to be happy. Yeah. I mean, hey, we don't He's, know how No, long no, no, that's no ifs, ands, or buts. Dracula must fucking suffer. No matter what situation, he has to fucking suffer and suffer really fucking hard. But Zito, he's staying at but Zito, like, he's staying at he's staying at really subpar hotels right now. I mean that's not you call that living. Just <laughs> he moved to Ireland. <laughs> Just he moved to Ireland during the potato I, famine. I don't understand. They they could they could have easily it, it would have actually been more narratively poignant to like let Trevor stay dead and have like Sypha raise her child at the Belmont estate with like Alucard training him and shit like but no he's he's alive he's alive and well that would I'm, I'm I'm thinking back on the game if that was the case that would make it a massive fucking loophole and that would just completely annihilate Symphony of the Night yeah oh so Trevor Belmont had to survive I don't know um, about Trevor Belmont Trevor has having to survive, survive. The only time that any of the Belmonts are not allowed to survive is in between where Symphony ends and Aria of Sorrow starts because, uh, oh fuck, just, just Belmont is supposed to be like literally one of the last Belmonts. Mm -hmm. And he's an American Belmont. All right. Yeah. Well, honestly, I, I guess at the end of the day, um, it's just with the way the story went, like, and he, the way that he survives at least makes sense. Kinda, yeah. Um, where it's where San Germain ripped open a portal. It's like, hey, jump in, bitch! Boom! Ah, that should do. Yeah, you see it at the very last second too. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, where um, he snaps his finger and he's just like. Also, the um, I <sighs> respect to them for not bringing too much attention to the dagger as that as it went on like he kept finding the bits of it uh and the and the single one sentence explanation yeah he apparently made it in a one in a very one-sided murder suicide pact with god and i'm like which was a great which was a great way to say it yeah very first of all tell us everything that we need to know about why it exists and why it's so strong but it was also very much like, okay, I guess that's an explanation that makes sense. It was fun but how then they- again, it's like Trevor, because- Yeah. Because Trevor is like that character who's just like, I have all this vast arcane knowledge, and I know about every fucking monster on the face of this planet. Oh yeah, by the way, suicide pact with God knife. I, I did I did love that that was their way of introducing some of the classic Castlevania weapons like you know the the throwing cross uh how he had like the holy oh. water and the the literal god killing dagger By the way I fucking love that cross holy fuck Also the explanation of why crosses work on uh vampires 
Just it, it, confu both... it confuses their brains. Duh. Yeah, their their eyesight's developed differently. While it's better, they get like if you shove geometric shapes in front of their face, it discombobulates them. That's amazing. Do you know I what that is? I really Scott? like that. Do you know what that is? Hmm. That is literally cats. Mm -hmm. That is oh. cats' vision. The reason why their eyes slit is because they're focusing on one fucking thing and one fucking thing alone. I'm Vampires sorry. I'm sorry. are cats. All I can imagine now is the. Just get, just get a, la just get a laser Hector's light. Trying, no, no, no. Hector's trying to escape from Carmilla's castle, right? And he just throws down a cucumber and she. <laughs> she and he just runs. <laughs> it's a snake. <laughs> <laughs> I finally, I have this monster-wielding hammer. I can finally make something to defeat Carmilla. It's a fucking pickle toy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he turned that man into a pickle? Funniest thing I ever fucking saw. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Just the, just the idea of him throwing down the cucumber and her freaking out just it really affects me on a personal level. Yeah, man. Uh, That's all the farmers had to do to stop Striga. Ah! <laughs> Sirius might have had a little too much of an incredibly sappy happy ending, but I, I I think overall we ended up with a pretty fun four-season four show. At least that piece of shit St. Germain bit it. I was, so, I was so fucking happy to watch him die because I liked him in season three, like a lot in season three. And then when he came around in season four, it's like, the more you're on screen, the more I hate you. Please die. Like, it's amazing did. that a character who was one of my favorite points of a season ended up being a character that I just wanted to see fucking expire. And I think that was kind of intentional. I do think they kind of like were leaning into that. Like, no, you're supposed to hate him as the season goes on. So it's fine. Um, although I... There was a part of me that actually kind of loved watching him develop into being like a, just a shit person. That was actually kind of great to see. You get to see it in just small scenes, and it that works. That was more on par with Castlevania than anything in that whole entire fucking season. Just watching Saint Germain turn into this biggest fucking heel. That whole scene. Okay, who watched the show in surround sound the moment that fucking Saint Germain kills a wizard? It was like the first person he ever killed. And throughout, like, for five minutes, it's just tinnitus sound. And I'm like... Jesus Christ, stop it. <laughs> Although, oh yeah, the fucking bitch slap on Rekot, whatever. Just when he, he's like, he, he does Rat the history, he's like, shut the, yeah, like, it just slaps him, he's like, shut the fuck up, okay? Shut up. You think I give a shit about you? <laughs> I don't need you, you need me, motherfucker, okay? His, oh, his, his name forever to me is now Ratcock. Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's I can't just change that now either. Nope, it's done. Yeah, no, yeah fucking Ratcock. <laughs> Uh, like talking I'm, all that good it's, shit, it's like, man, he's ta he's talking such big game. Why why does he think he can do that to Malcolm McDowell? Uh, oh, I will say. So when it came to when it came to um, Varney and who was who was the Russian guy? I can't remember Cock. his name. No, that was no, Ratcock. No, no, no. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. So there were three of them throughout the season. One. Uh, Oh, Rat Ratko. Okay, okay. Rayko. No, it's Ratcock, man. Okay. Ratcock. I'm wondering who the guy during the siege on Ar Alucard's castle was. There was that, that because that's not uh, Rayko. Oh, St. No. Germain says his fucking name, and I forget it. Yeah, that, okay. But uh, I, I want to say, Russian vampire dude was very frustrating for me, because on one hand, um, 
Dragon. 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 Thank you. Um, but Reiko, when it came to Reiko, you know what, I'm just gonna say Ratcock, you're right. When it came to Ratcock, I loved his presence, and I actually really liked his dialogue. Specifically when he says, um, I eat, I eat when I'm hungry, and I lie because humans are pigs. Oh, no, no, it's, uh, no, it's like, um, I lie to, because they're pigs, and I'm hungry. And it's just, like, the way that he talks about people, the way he talks about humans, is easily, like, just the way that he goes about it is more effective than almost any other vampire in the series when talking to people as livestock. Because with everything he says and the way that he says it, you believe that this motherfucker thinks he is one of the fucking... He, he's, he says, he, he, I he, am he, he, be- he, believes, he believes he's the apex predator. Because, for the most part, he's yeah. right. Dude, he goes up against Trevor and he just slaps his shit around. Yeah. He, re- Although, he wrecks which Trevor. Leads to one of my favorite, leads to one of my favorite moments where the mom and the daughter push him, and he just looks at him and is like, "Did you what? just fucking punch me?" Yeah. And like, and, and it's like, holy shit. Um, and especially then, cause uh, they, especially because the push is like face? something out of av- like M Night Shyamalan's av- like The Last Airbender. Just went, huh, the fuck. Why? Yeah, no, it's 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 perfect. It's a perfect moment because it's exactly what would happen if, if they decided to try and help. They would push him and then they'd die. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like how someone in chat just said he's apex until he isn't. That's oh like yeah. that's like sixty-five percent of the side cast though. Everybody's apex I, until I they like, aren't. <laughs> I can't remember who that um sort of gender ambiguous character was, uh the one with the curly hair and side fade. Mm. Uh, you mean the the oh, one from God, the right, like the one with the modern haircut, the, the crazy who was, lady who fucking b- yeah. believed believed yeah, the, the, the dead one that was looking after the royal queen, family. Yeah, they they were fucking tragic. They were a yeah. tragic fucking character. I was like, oh, you you poor son of a bitch. Like as as time went on, I was like, what the fuck happened to you? And they even they even just flat out say like. Oh, I know that I'm crazy. And fucking Cypher's response. The fuck do you say? <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, it's of like, I'm so crazy. So you're crazy, but you're not crazy enough to know you're not crazy. <laughs> and it's like, oh. After what I went through, uh, yeah, some nuts. Just like Cypher. Yeah, yeah. Like, like when Cypher's just like talking all this shit to her, and then it's just like Cypher, shut up. I'm trying to make the best out of the worst scenario. Uh, well, now let me it, now let just, me guard these corpses. Let me cope. <laughs> Pretty fucking much. Um, and I'm just like, that's a very good fucking spin because with the moment I saw that character, I'm just like, okay, you are the obligatory. I'm a cultist fucking NPC from a Castlevania game. I'm going to uh, something terrible is going to happen, and it's going to be either my fault or something I caused. And then immediately it just turns around, and just goes, dude, I'm coping. Like, how the fuck can anyone stand any of this? Let me fucking cope. I'm like, that's good. That's really good. Just let I, me, I just let me live good. down here with my gold and starving people. I do think their death was perfect. Mm-hmm. I think going out, actually saving their... Like, actually saving someone down there was the perfect way for that crazy little nut job to go. Also completely, like, uh, you know, completely sequestered all of the violence to the people who were, I don't know, it's hard to say that the people down there deserved it, but 
man let's well uh, okay let's let's be honest um the way that things were being run unfortunately it wasn't necessarily any of their fault but it was definitely the management's as it tends to always fucking be the one um, per- I, the one the one percent like, sure got theirs well watching Sypha come in and basically tell everybody Oh my god, you people are fucking terrible at this. Alright, do as I say, and most of you are going to live to tomorrow. Okay? Okay. Mm. First of all, don't put the bodies next to the water! And it was good. I loved that. That shit was like... Where are you digging? Where, 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 okay, are you are you are you digging? Are you digging a latrine? Where do you keep your food? Okay, don't dig that there. <laughs> the, in contrast to Trevor just going... I have the dagger of the suiciding god pact. Yep. <laughs> well, hey, hey, look, Sypha, it builds stuff, and Alec, uh, and Trevor kills stuff. It, it's they work together like that. Although mm, I think this um, season had also, some of the most this season had some of the most creative uses for Sypha's magic in combat, which I really liked. Like you know, uh, you, using the ice and then making it expand when it's in a creature, really fucking cool. Or the the one where she fucking. Puts down the ice, burns it from behind, so it explodes the spike into someone else. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, that was so sick. That was such a fucking you, neat trick, and I love that bit. She didn't need to fucking do that. She did it because she knew it would look fucking cool. She did it because she could. Like, I'm sorry, this this was uh, the series uh, after season one, and hell, even in season one, was like Cypher's got a lot of really great versatility. We should just go crazy, have fun, and they because, did. Well, because if they just kept her to how she was in the game, she would be literally the worst fucking character outside of her personality. Yup. Oh, man. Not I, great. She, I, I, I just, I couldn't believe how cool she actually was all throughout. Saif was actually one of my favorite characters in the show, so, which is, says a lot. I have a lot of characters I really, really like. There, there was, oh, a, there was God, a lot. Love Yoko in, in, in the next. If they ever fucking pick the show up to go into the Soma arc, you would fucking love the shit out of Yoko then, because that's her descendant. There is a lot to love about this show. But how about you guys at home? What were some of your favorite parts? Uh, let us know in the comments below for those checking this out on YouTube, and of course for those here in the live chat. We've been uh, checking you guys out this whole time. We'll be talking to you a little bit more after this. Either way, thank you guys so much for joining us for the TalkCast Pod Show. And we'll see you guys next time.